For the next four weeks, we're going to hit on four different things about making change. The first one is less is more. Everyone say less is more. Stress is bad. Stress is bad. Giving is good. And tomorrow matters. Should we try that one more time? All right. So the first one is less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. Tomorrow matters. Stress is bad, isn't it? It's a bad thing, but this morning, what I want to focus on is less is more. And, uh, and I really think this is an important subject for us to hit on as far as when it comes to life. That less is actually more, because I don't know about you, but I was brought up with an idea that, or being programmed, not necessarily by my parents, but society kind of programs us that actually more is better. Yes? We're programmed that more is better. More money is better. Bigger house is better. Nicer car is better. More is better. That's what we're kind of taught, yes? Come on, talk to me this morning. And so I've been programmed that way. You know that two cars is better than one car. <laughs> Not until you have to pay the bills. But it's, you know, we are, we are taught that more is better. But I, I want to teach you a principle this morning that I believe that God teaches in regards to our finances and our lives, and that is that less is actually more. Listen to this. I've only got one scripture this morning because the whole entire message is called less is more, so less is going to be more. Yeah? All right. One scripture. That's it because less is more. Ecclesiastes 4.6 says this, Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Everybody say that with me this morning. Are you ready? Better one hand with tranquility than two hands with toil and chasing after the wind. Let's try that again because it's like, you know, I had a few friends helping me out there, but the rest of you has abandoned me. So let's start again. Shall we say this together? Are you ready? Say it with meaning. Are you ready? Ready? One, two, three. Better one hand with tranquility than two hands with toil and chasing after the wind. And so Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon, who was the wisest man that ever walked the face of the planet. And he's saying here that one hand with tranquility is better than two hands with toil chasing after the wind. And so there's a picture here that the scripture is trying to show us that one hand is better. Why is one hand better? Because if I've got this hand filled with something and somebody needs a lift up, I can use my other hand. Yes, come on. It's pretty, I know it's not, it's not like life-changing dynamics going on right now. If, if I've got one hand filled, it leaves my other hand always open, always able to comfort those that need comforting, always able to help those that need helping, always able to give something to those that need something. But when I've got two hands filled with toil, I can't help. I can't do anything because I've got so much stuff in my hands that there's not a space in my life to actually do some of the things that I want to do. So say with me one more time this morning. One, two, three, better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. And so I, I put a message on Facebook this week asking people to help me with my message this morning. And I asked this question, what really matters? Now some smart aleck intern this morning put the answer that they weren't meant to put, so I deleted it. Uh, 
Because I knew, I was setting you up, I knew what your response would be. When I asked you, or what really, really matters, just about every single person answered this way. My relationship with God, my relationship with family and friends, you know, things like integrity, things like not being isolated, all those things speak of relationship. They speak of our relationship with God, our walk with God. Not one person put on there my new Nikes, my big screen TV, and the number of Instagram followers I have. In fact, no one put on there that the most important thing was how much money they had in their bank. Hello? It was all about people and God, people and God, people and God, as to what matters the most. So when you define what matters, what you'll often recognize is that so much of what we actually do in life is working for the things that don't even make the list. When you really define what matters, what matters, I was speaking to someone this week who's lost a loved one. I can remember four years ago when my brother passed away, all of a sudden, and anybody here that's had a loved one pass away or had a crisis or had a health scare, you, you redefine very, very quickly in life what really matters, don't you? You really redefine what really matters, what really matters in life. And we spend so much of our time actually working for the things that we actually don't think really matters. Come on. And we tend to think whatever we don't have is what I need because we have this idea that more is better. And so I want to give you just three simple thoughts this morning as to how to live a less more living, less is more living kind of a life. Do you all need coffee? Because I don't know about you, but my life can get really full. It can get really filled with stuff. And I think that really less is more. Less is more. The scripture says here that a handful of tranquility is better than two handfuls of toil. It's really saying, I'm telling you that less is better. Less is more. And so the first thing I want to give you to help you with a less is more kind of living is the first thing is cut back. Everyone say cut back. Have you ever noticed, I mean, Trinity and I love really old villas. It's, it's actually our favorite thing. Um, I don't want to old an, uh, own an old villa because they require so much work and I'm DIY challenged. <laughs> and so I don't want to own one. But have you ever noticed when you start looking at houses and stuff like that, you go into these old villas and they, unless they've been renovated, they have really small wardrobes. And you look at it, you go into the master bedroom and the wardrobe isn't even going to fit my clothes, let alone Trinity's clothes. And you're like, how's that going to work? You know what I think it was is when they were made, they lived really simply. You know, the guy probably had one suit, one nice shirt, a pair of shoes, and then he had his work clothes. They, didn't, they just didn't have a lot. Now you go into modern houses and they have these things called walk-in wardrobes. And by the time... You've walked around the wardrobe, you've done about eight miles and spent half an hour of your life just walking around the wardrobe. And there's just so massive wardrobes. 
And then this happens. If you have one, don't mean to offend anybody this morning, but there might be some guys here that relate to this. They walk into the wardrobe that's about eight kilometers long and takes you half an hour to walk around, and this statement comes out of their mouths. I have nothing to wear. And let's go even crazier this morning. Some of you, your wardrobes are so full, you have boxes in your garage with clothes that don't fit in your wardrobe. And so instead of your car going in the garage where it's meant to live, you have clothes in your garage. And because you have clothes in your garage, you actually have no room for your tenting gear and camping gear. So what you do is you go out and you hire a storage unit and you pay someone to store your stuff that you actually never use, never look at, and you've forgotten about. I know, because I did that once, and when we unpacked the boxes, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like Christmas. I forgot we had this. I forgot. Parents that are smart do that with their kids, don't you? You go and you, because kids have so much toys these days, you pack half of them up, put them away in the wardrobe, and you bring them out every three months and rotate them through, and the kids are like, whoa, it's like Christmas every year, every three months. Because it is Christmas every year. And we do this incredibly crazy thing where we pay out money to store stuff that we never use, that we've forgotten we have, and we just have so much stuff. So much stuff. Jesus was talking to a young guy in a parable in the Bible, and he says this to the young guy. He says this, he says, your life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. In other words, he's saying your life doesn't exist in the abundance of stuff, in the abundance of having more things. The most meaningful things at the end of your life will not be your stuff. I've never gone to a funeral or taken a funeral where someone gets up and they say, and they do the eulogy. Uh, Johnny, um, he owned five cars, six houses, and he had 50 walk-in wardrobes with over 2,000, they don't talk about that. They talk about the memories and the great things. And please don't get me wrong, I'll address it in a little bit. And it's not bad if you have things, right? We'll, we'll get to that. I'm just trying to address the reality that we live in a world that is just filled with consumption all the time. And, and we have to understand that one hand with tranquility is better than two hands with toil. And we just need to cut some stuff out. I want to I encourage you, if I can, this morning in your life, why don't you cut back on some of the consumption that you have? Why don't you cut back, make a conscious effort and say, you know what, we're going to cut back on some of this stuff. We're going to cut back on some of the things that we do. I, I, I want my life, honestly, to have less stuff and more friendships. I want my life to be less stuff and more time with my family. I want my life to be less stuff and more experiences. I don't know about you, but I want less stuff in my life 
and more of my family, less stuff in my life and more of my friends, less stuff in my life and more of my experiences, less stuff in my life and more of God, less stuff in my life and more of my church family. But in order to get to this place, we've got to cut back on our consumption because we know deep down inside that if we don't, it's just going to get worse. Yes? I'm thankful that in our house, whenever it comes to spring cleaning, has anybody done spring cleaning? How many, how many poor people here were tormented by that by your parents when you were younger? It's, it's, spring cleaning is of the devil, and unfortunately, my wife has that demonic activity in her world because she makes us spring clean. But you know what she does? She makes us go for our wardrobes and our and our and our drawers and take out anything that I have not worn in the last 12 months. It's not allowed to stay. And, and none of this, oh, I was holding on to it because when I've lost some weight, I'll be able to fit it. It's like, no. Out it goes. She cuts back on the stuff. The second thing is, is clear out. Clear out. Why clear out? Because it declutters. It declutters our heart. It declutters your mind. It frees you to be everything you're supposed to be. I don't know about you, but I, I find that my life can get so cluttered, so filled with stuff, that I've got so much going on that I can't think straight. You know what I mean? Especially now that we're getting closer to that, that time of the year called Christmas. If we whisper it, it's not really happening. And in my house, you have to understand, as I live with the Christmas crazy lady. <laughs> so it's like my birthday is coming up, you know, this month. I think, you know, it's just a bad month because Christmas is just around the corner. It's the best month in the world for anyone to be born because statistics prove that anyone born in November is of a higher intelligence and better looks than anybody else born any other month of the year. It's, it's a proven fact. I've, I found it on Google, so it must be true. But, and, and so my birthday's coming up, and I know we've got so much coming up. We've got the Christmas bash, we've got all this stuff going on in the life of the church, plus our own family stuff. And I said to her, let's just do something simple. Yeah, just, maybe just us and the kids, we'll go out for dinner, really easy. Well, she's organized a party with some friends and it's now a Mexican fiesta, and I have to make up these poles that, that lights can go from one side to the other of our yard and light up the whole place, and I've got this going on, and then I've got to make this and make that, and I'm like, one, I'm DIY challenged. Two, this is not simple. And she's like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, we just need to declutter our lives, honey. There's just too much going on. Because when there's so much clutter going on, my thinking isn't clear, my heart is not open because I've got so much worry and anxiety going on. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? And it affects my family time, it affects my work time, it affects my time with my wife, and it just get things absolutely stressed out. It's like, you know, when you come home um, from work, you know, or and, and the kids have have been awake for more than five minutes. And you walk into what was, when you left this morning, a beautifully tidy home, to what now looks like hurricane 
something or other because the house is just like, because the kids have been awake for five minutes. How many, how many parents understand what I'm talking about this morning? <laughs> or it could be that your husband's been home for five minutes. And, and you walk in, in the, and rather than walking into the house and going, man, it's good to be home. It's great to be spending some time talking to my beautiful wife and asking my kids how their day are. Instead, you start straight away cleaning up the house. You start cleaning it all up because there's just so much clutter. And, and you feel like you can't relax until it's done. Does that sound like anybody, you don't have to put up your hand this morning, but it's like, oh, it was it Friday night? Um, I cooked dinner and I said to Trinity, I'd do the dishes. Now, when I say I'd do the dishes, it means I'll do the dishes. It may not happen now. It may not happen in half an hour. But by the time we go to bed at 11.30, they will be done. And she has this thing where it's like, now that dinner's over, the dishes need to be done. How many people have that issue in your life? Why? And I say to her, what's the problem? What does it matter when I get it done? You can't see it, it's in the kitchen. And she turns around and says, I can't relax until that's sorted out. You know what? It's the same in our world. Unless we start to cut back, unless we start to clear out, it's very difficult for us to find that peace, to find that place, whether it be with God, whether it be with our family, whether it be in our marriage, whatever it may be, because there's just so much stuff going on that we don't have the time and the space to actually enjoy our lives. Are you with me this morning? Now, I don't want to uh, say that, that all clutter is bad. Um, I do want to acknowledge this morning that this could be really difficult for some people. To cut back and to clear out could be really, really difficult for some people because some people uh, grew up where they just didn't have a lot. And so there's a real value on what they do have. And they don't want to throw anything away in case, or give anything away in case they need it or in case... Uh, you know, because you've just been brought up in a way that you just don't waste what you have because, you know, they just didn't have a lot when they're growing up or else there's the other flip side that it has real sentimental value, you know, that it was a special occasion or uh, it was something that happened before we had the kids or, or was given to me by a loved one and, and, and it really has a lot of meaning to me and, and, and I want to acknowledge that, you know, those things are true, but at the same time, Jesus said this, that your life doesn't consist of the abundance of stuff, that better is one handful of tranquility than two handfuls of toil. And so, you know, when it comes to your clothes, I, I want to put out a challenge to you this week. Why don't you go through your wardrobe and work out actually what you haven't worn in the last 12 months, and why don't you give it away to somebody? I know, it's almost like I'm swearing now to half the females in the place. Just give it away. I know what will happen. It'll be like, now they've given it away, I can buy more stuff. <laughs> you know, because the reason why we say we have nothing to wear when we have an abundance of stuff is because we actually, what happens in life is we give ourselves way too many choices. Yeah? I don't know about you, but... 
when I was growing up, for breakfast it was toast, and the choices were Vegemite, marmalade, or peanut butter. That was breakfast. Has anybody else had that experience growing up? Don't leave me hanging. Now this, nowadays, there's like a whole aisle of, you know, muesli, you know, cocoa pops, cornflakes. It's like, there's just like an abundance of choices and, and, and you never take your kids grocery shopping with you. I've always just spend five hours just in the cereal aisle trying to find out what cereal they want this week. You know, you know what I'm saying? There's just an abundance of choices and when there's an overwhelming amount of choices, we literally have so many things that we can't make a choice. We have Netflix at our house. And, and I said to Trinity the other day, we should watch a movie. And because um, the weather wasn't very nice. And I started going through and there were so many movies to choose from. That's like, oh, that looks good. Oh, but there might be something better. Oh, that looks good. But it was 35 minutes scrolling through movies until she just turned around and said, just pick one. Because there's so many choices. Because we have so much stuff. And our lives are so cluttered and it makes it really, really hard. And so when we cut back and when you clear out, it brings a freedom to your soul. Suddenly it becomes easier to choose because we don't have so many choices. And now it's not a drag on my heart anymore, a drag on my life anymore. And I'm able to connect so much better because I've just decluttered my life. There's something, if there is something that you have a hard time getting rid of, can I, can I give you a, a, a key? This is going to sound really weird. You're going to think I'm the crazy person. But if you've got something that you find really hard to get rid of, but you know you never use it, you know it, it could be used by somebody else, but it maybe has, uh, you know, like somebody gave it to me or whatever. You know, you know what I do now? I, I do this. Because if you know me, I have so many books. It's ridiculous. And Trinity half the time tells me if we sold all the books that I have, we'd be mortgage free. Um, but this is what I do. When I'm finding it hard to get rid of something that I know I need to get rid of, I thank it. <laughs> like, see, he's crazy. I thank it. I say, you know what? It's like a book. If I'm going to give a book away to a person and I'm going to say to them, keep it, I say, thank you, book that you did a real work in my life, that when I read the pages, you really did a transformation in my life. And, and I thank you for that. You've served a great purpose in my life. And now I want to release you to serve a great purpose in somebody else's life. I know it sounds a little bit crazy. And it sounds a little bit like, you know, lady in the van kind of crazy. But it's just a way of thanking it and releasing it. So it just doesn't have that hold on you anymore. Try it. Give it a go. Thank you for serving the purpose of my life. Walk through your wardrobe, like I said, and give something away. So here's my challenge to you this week, right? Are you ready for a challenge? I, I need a bit more enthusiasm than that. Are you ready for a challenge? I want you to, this week, go through and give 100 things away out of your house. Like, I guarantee you it'll be a lot easier than what you think it is. I went through my t-shirt drawer yesterday and discovered that I have 20 t-shirts. I only actually wear six of them. So there's 14. 
out of the hundred. It, it, you'll actually be surprised it's not that hard. In fact, some of you probably be really easy to do 500. But I want you to, I want you to give it a go. And I want you to see what happens when you do that, when you recognize that one handful with tranquility is better than two handfuls of toil and chasing after the wind. I guarantee you, you'll unclutter your life a lot. So we're going we're gonna to cut back. We're going to clear out. Everybody say, cut back. Clear out. <laughs> and third thing, pay off. Pay off. You know, I've never heard a single person in my whole entire life turn around and go, man, I love my credit card debt. The thing I love about my credit card debt the most is the 19.95% interest. In fact, I reckon that's just rounded up to 20, so it just gives it that nice finished number. And, and, and the thing that I enjoy the most about my debt is when I lie in bed at night, I just find as I think about my mortgage, I, I just, I, so much peace comes and I, I just drift off to sleep in this beautiful tranquility of debt. Nobody talks like that. What I do hear is people saying, man, I feel really stressed out. I feel like this debt is getting on top of me. I feel like, you know, and, and the Bible says this, that the, the lender or the borrower is a slave to the lender. That's why you feel that way, because you become the slave to your credit card or slave to the finance company. And so, you know, in, so you just become incredibly stressed out. And, and, you know, like, I just don't know where to go. I don't know if I can get out of this. Have you ever felt like that? you ever felt incredibly overwhelmed with your finances? That's why we're going to pay it off. And, and we're going to talk specifically about this next week on, uh, you know, that's why it's called Stress is Bad. Because there actually are some really simple little steps that we can take that may not make a difference overnight, but over time makes a huge difference. Over time makes a massive difference. And, and it's, it's a little bit like, you know, uh, the hair commercials, you know. It won't happen overnight, but it will happen. You know, and it's the same when it comes to, if you, you just chip away at it, chipping away at it, chipping away at it, and before you know it, you've paid off your credit card or you've paid off your car. And, and the thing about being debt-free is debt-free is really fun. Debt-free is awesome. Debt-free allows you to create those memories and create those experiences and get yourself in a position where you can really enjoy your life. And eliminating debt is incredibly freeing. It's, in, it's just awesome. I don't know about you, but, but you know, when you've got debt and you, you pay it off, you, know, you pay off that, make that final car payment, it's like, yes, it's, just, it's a great thing, yes? It's a great thing, yes? All right, cool. Because better is a car that is paid off than a brand new one with really big payments that stress you out. Better is a smaller house than fighting over the payments of a really big one. Better is having uh, a financial margin in your life and being able to help others than living paycheck to paycheck. Less is more. Less is more. We're going to cut back. We're going to clear out. We're going to pay off. Why? Because less is more. Now, I'm not telling you that you shouldn't have anything. In fact, you know, Trinity and I, within the next two years, we're going to be building a brand new house. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have anything, yeah? It's awesome. Everyone, you know, if you want a house, and that's great. It's awesome. Just don't let your stuff have you. Are you with me this morning? Don't let your stuff have you. I would argue all day long that it's better to have some nice things than a whole lot of junk. Come on. 
It's better to have something that you love and that you use and that you enjoy than a bunch of stuff that just clutters up your life. It's, it's better. The richest people in the world are not those that have the most. Did you know that? The richest people in the world are not those that have the most, but those who need the least. I go to Fiji every single year, and this is what happens to me when I go to Fiji. The first two days, I feel sorry for them because they have nothing. They have cold showers for starters. It's just the most demonic thing on the face of the planet. They have dirt floors. They, have, they don't have stoves or kitchens. They have outdoor fires. And in the first two days, you actually really, I really feel sorry for them. My heart breaks for them. Then the next two days, it just becomes normal. You know, it's like, oh, that's, that's how they live. And so it just becomes normalized. And, and then what happens is you then start going, because I speak at meetings, and you start going along to these meetings and you start observing them. And there in the worship service, you see, like, we, we in New Zealand, we have this issue where we think church starts at quarter past 10, not 10 o'clock. Because somehow we think, it's cool to be late for God because we'd never be late for our boss, but it's okay to be late for Jesus. He's only saving your soul and keeping you from hell, but it's okay. You can be late for Jesus. In Fiji, what time does the meeting start? Oh, it starts at 10 o'clock. All right, cool. I've got heaps of time then. 20 past nine. And the, and the worship starting. What the? What is going on? It doesn't start till 10. Oh, yeah, but everyone's arrived. And they sing for 40 minutes before church starts. And they're worshiping and they've got tears rolling down their cheeks and they're happy and they're joyful and they're welcoming and they're smiling and they're laughing. And then after the service, you go to one of their houses for lunch and they don't really have much. It's usually always chicken, curry, and rice, and it's nice for the first four days, but after that, it starts to get on your nerves a little bit, and, and, and they're happy, and they're smiling, and they're laughing, and the kids are out in the yard, and they're playing rugby with a Coke bottle filled with sand, and they're not complaining, they're even kicking the thing, and they're having so much fun, and then all of a sudden, you realize in that moment Man, I'm actually jealous of the way that these people live because they don't have much, but they're happy. Their life is simple. There's tranquility in their homes. They're just so happy in life and they don't have much. And so I make this decision that when I get back home, I'm going to change and I'm not going to be consumed with stuff anymore. And that lasts for like two days. Before this thing starts to grip me. And I look at them and they just don't have this longing in their eyes, this lust for more. They have this one hand with tranquility is better than two hands with toil and they have it down pat and they're just praising God and they're thanking God that they have what they need to get through the day. And one of them said to me, I said, how are you... 
How, how do you feel about that? How do you feel living from day to day? And she goes, well, I feel I'm living biblically because my Bible says, give me this day my daily bread. And we have shops closed one day and people line up at Pack and Save like it's the apocalypse. And so I make this promise that when I get back, things are going to be different. But I want to tell you, within two or three days, I'm just sucked right back in to the materialism and the relentless pursuit of more. Why? Because I've forgotten the principle that less is more. Less is more. When you understand that you serve a God who has given you breath, He's given you gifts, He's given you purpose, and your calling is special, that you're put on this earth during this time not to accumulate stuff for yourself, but to impact the world for Jesus Christ. You understand that less is actually more. When you recognize that your calling is too great and your God is too good and your life is too short, then you refuse to waste your life on things that don't matter. Why? Why don't you say it with me this morning? Because better Better is one hand with tranquility than two hands with toil chasing after the wind. That is wind. That is why better is one handful and an intimate relationship with my children and two handfuls and they grow up and they don't even know me. Better is one hand and some really good friendships than the pursuit of things that no real that brings no real spiritual community. Better is one hand and some experiences, family vacation and two handfuls and no time for each other. Better is one handful and a strong marriage than a busy accumulation of stuff and no intimacy. Better is one hand and the ability to make a difference in someone's life than two handfuls and be consumed with yourself. I want to tell you this morning, better is one hand and the ability to glorify and praise your God than it is to have two hands filled with toil and stress. I'm telling you this morning, you need to cut back, you need to clear out, and you need to pay off. Because I want to tell you this morning, God's intention for your life is not to have so much stuff that you have no room for Him, that you have no room for your friends, that you have no room for your family, that you have no room for the things that God wants to do in your life, because you've got so much stuff going on. This drive that is within us, that the society, our world has put into us, that more is better. I want to tell you this morning, Jesus says less is more. You are not the sum of what you've accumulated. You are the sum of what He has done. And what He has done is He has saved your life and given you purpose so that you can go and give someone else purpose by showing them this is the kind of life to live. Now, I need to just clarify something and just say I am not against you having stuff, as long as it doesn't have you. If there's one thing the kingdom of God needs, it's smart business people. Yes? I don't know about you, but I love getting around smart business people. I love, there are some people in our church, and I'm not going to say who they are, who are just really smart people 
when it comes to business and finances, and I love having them in the church, and I love going to their houses and seeing how awesome they are and going, one day I'm going to have one like that too because I can learn from these guys on how to be smart with my finances. I'm not against stuff. In fact, I believe God said this, that in Scripture he says that I have given you the power to make wealth. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to prosper. Poverty is not from God. Poverty is a demonic thing. It doesn't help anybody. But I want to tell you this morning that sometimes we reduce ourselves into a poverty mindset because we just got way too much stuff. And if we could just cut back, clear out, and pay off, you too one day could stand there and go, you know what? I got a really cool house and it's mortgage-free. I got a really nice car and it's no debt on it. And on top of that, not only that, I was able to give money to this, to this solo mum and help her out. And I was able to get some money to Fiji and see the kids in the preschool getting an education. I, I think that's what God wants for us. I think God wants us to be so blessed. So blessed. In fact, Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says that God would open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing upon you that you would not have enough room to contain it. Why? Because whatever we can't contain should overflow into the lives of others. But when we have so much stuff in our world, it blocks the flow of what God wants to do. And I want to encourage you this week. Why don't you take some time out? See if you can get rid of a hundred things out of your house. Give it away. I've, I've decided in my life now, somebody gives me a shirt, I'm going to give a shirt away. Somebody gives me pants, I'm going to give my pants away. Not while I'm wearing them. If somebody gives me a car, I've done this. People have given us a car, so we gave our car away. It's like, it's just awesome. It's so freeing. It's so liberating. It's so amazing. And I just want to encourage you this morning. If you can cut back, if you can clear out, and if you can pay off, I'm telling you, your life will become so much richer because less is always more. Why don't you stand to your feet? this morning if you're here this morning and I just want you to just close your eyes just for a moment if you're here this morning you're like, man Craig I, I really love it if you could just pray with me that, that God would help me to cut back to clear out and to pay off that, that I'd hear his voice and that I'd just be able to, I want to do this I want to declutter my life I, want to, I really want to get to that place where where I'm living a less is more kind of a life. But I'd love it if you could just pray with me this morning, Craig, just so that God would help me. If that's you here this morning, why don't you just lift up your hands across this place while no one's looking around. Just lift your hands right up, right up high. That'd be absolutely awesome. Let me just pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you for every single person that's raised their hand this morning. Father, I thank you that your word is a promise that better is one hand with tranquility than two hands with toil. And I pray this week, God, that you give them wisdom, that you give them ideas, that you give them structure, that you give them stuff that you could surround them with people that are really wise when it comes to finances. Lord, that they'll be able to start making those little steps on their journey to a less is more kind of life where they see incredible things happen out of their hands, which they never dreamt would be possible. I thank you, God, that as we go through this series for the next four weeks, 
God, that next three weeks after this one, God, that you're going to transform our thinking in regards to money. You're going to transform our thinking in regards to how we handle it, God, and that you're going to bring about a real liberty and a freedom and a prosperity to our lives that we've never experienced before. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. 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 Awesome. You can all sit and Dave's going to come and give us a few notices.